Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity live stream and podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm delighted that you're here. If you've been with us before, welcome back. And if you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. This podcast is to help you recognize and to recover and rebuild after a toxic relationship. All kinds of things about emotional abuse. And we are going to be talking about a big topic tonight. In fact, it's a word that I just coined. And we're going to talk about past casting and what it is and eight ways it can keep you stuck in a toxic relationship. And we need all the help that we can get to get unstuck and to get motivated. Even if you're exhausted, you do want to have a better life. You want to experience those three things I talk about all the time that are the must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. You want to, at a minimum, be in a relationship that has equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. But if you are in a habit of past casting, these things are going to elude you, but they will keep you stuck, really, really stuck. So I want to talk about that with you tonight. I want to invite you to support the show. This helps keep us on the air and keeps cause defrayed. Go to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. You can make a one-time donation or a small monthly donation. That really helps. Patreon.com slash Save Your Sanity. And thank you in advance for doing that. If you're new and you are on Facebook, make sure that you go to uh, my page at Facebook.com slash Hijackles. And you can always watch from there. Once you like the page, you will get notifications when the show is going live. And if you're on YouTube and you subscribe and hit the notification bell, you'll also get news about the topic for each time. So let's proceed and talk about past casting. What could it possibly be? So I want you to think about fly fishing. You've seen it if you've never tried it, I'm sure. So you have this beautiful river running in front of you. You know there's fish in there. You have your, your rod. You have a beautiful fly on the rod. And you are hoping to f- make something work. You'd like to catch a fish and have dinner and celebrate. And this would all be wonderful. But things prevent you from doing that. So when you bring the rod back, which you do, and then you flip it into the into the river, when you bring the rod back, it continually casts itself and catches on something behind you. 
And past casting is a lot like that. I'm going to tell you eight ways that we past cast. Um, But it's when we return to another time in our relationship, and we prefer to think about that time than the time that we're actually in. Have you experienced that? You just prefer to think about it differently, and I'm going to give you eight ways we do that. But let's first just talk about, and let me remind you of my definition of a toxic relationship. It's any adult relationship where interactions are verbally and emotionally abusive, where there is intentionally damaging, controlling, or otherwise lacking in equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. So let's just run that one again so you really understand what my definition is. It's toxic relationship is any adult relationship where interactions are verbally and emotionally abusive, intentionally damaging, controlling, or otherwise lacking in equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. So just by that definition, would you say you're in a toxic relationship? Do you have a toxic relationship with your partner or a parent, or a sibling, or even an adult child, or maybe a co-worker. It's all possible, because that person is intentionally damaging and controlling and manipulating. And if that's the case, then we don't want to get stuck in that relationship. So we want to understand this new term that I've created called past casting. So we remember the beginning of our relationship. We remember that, oh, it was so lovely. For most people, that's their memory. Because when a hijackal, one of those relentlessly difficult, toxic people, sets their sights on you, they know how to aim and hit the mark. (laughs) They know how to listen. They know to listen for your vulnerabilities, listen for what it is you want, and then for a while they give it to you, and you cannot believe your luck. You have found this wonderful, wonderful person, and you are thinking, ah, this is all I ever asked for. This is all I've ever wanted, and this would be great. And so we like to go back to the beginning and say, oh, what that's the real person. But if you're with a hijackal, and remember that's my trademark term, and it's defined this way, a hijackal is a person who hijacks a relationship for their own purposes and then proceeds to relentlessly scavenge the relationship for power, for status, and for control. So that's what a hijackal is. And so if you find yourself with a hijackal now who is establishing or trying to establish control and manipulation, then we tend to want to go back and say, oh, this isn't the real person. This person is being nasty and demeaning and degrading and belittling and dismissive and discounting. We want to say, oh, no, that's that the real person was the person that I met in the beginning. And actually, that's not true. What they were doing was being their best chameleon-like self. They were being that chameleon who could be whatever color they thought you wanted to see. They could be however they felt they wanted to be that would make you happy and that would shorten the journey for them of getting you to come into their trap. So they would do anything. Anything to help them with that situation. 
So what's our part in it? Okay. Number one way that we can get stuck is that we start to deny what's in front of us. We start to say, it's not happening. All of this difficulty and everything is not real. What was real was what we had at the beginning. But we deny that it's happening. And our friends say things like, hey, that's not right. Or I don't like the way that person treats you. And we meet them with, oh, you just don't understand. You don't understand what they're going through. So you deny the abuse. Maybe you don't even want to call it that. But we'll talk about that in number two. But you deny what's actually happening. You don't want to see it. So you deny it. And that is a big way to be stuck. Because it is actually happening. It is reality on a day-to-day basis. doesn't help to get yourself out of it by past casting. Taking yourself back and getting hooked on the past. It doesn't help. It prolongs the stuckness. It prolongs the pain, too. And so it's very important to understand that dynamic, right? So number two is you tend to invalidate, meaning that what is happening, don't call it abuse. That's not abuse. That's a terrible thing to say about somebody. Right? So we invalidate what it is we're seeing. We don't want to call it abuse. Well, there's lots of reasons for that, you know. Nobody wants to say, I find myself in an abusive relationship, and then how did I get here? And we'll often blame ourselves, and how did I allow myself to get here? Or what was wrong with me? Or is there something wrong with me? And so we deny that it's abuse. We don't want to be part of an abusive relationship, of course. But then we deny that we're actually in one. We invalidate the evidence right in front of our eyes, the evidence in how we feel. We invalidate it and say, no, no, this isn't abusive. Now, that's a big deal. It's a really big deal because it's actually happening. So you actually start to gaslight yourself. You know, we hate it when hijackals gaslight us or narcissists gaslight us. We hate that because they're trying to impose their reality on us. But sometimes we create a false reality and say, oh, no, I'm going to invalidate this. This isn't abuse. Does that make sense? Because it's a big thing to notice if we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll say again, you don't want to believe that that you find yourself in an abusive relationship. You don't want your uh, relationship labeled as abusive, even in your own head. I totally get that. But the first step of going forward is to know where you are right now. And if you have to say, yes, it's abusive, emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, Hopefully not, but could be physically or sexually abusive, might be financially abusive, might be spiritually abusive. But there are elements of abuse in it. And for us to be able to wake up and smell the herbal tea and call it what it is, is a big step forward. A really big step forward. So number one in in past casting is that we will deny it's happening. 
And number two is we will invalidate it. We won't call it what it is. We will make reasons for not doing that, but we won't call it what it is. So that becomes another way we get stuck. So number three, we get caught in self-blame. We start taking ownership for what's happening to us, which is good, except we overcompensate and overaccommodate and say, it must be me. It must be my fault. Now, that's not hard to do when you're with a hijackal because they're always telling you everything is your fault. So you may begin to believe that. And then you start to internalize it and you get involved in self-blame. If only I were a better person, this person would not be abusive. If only I were not so difficult, if I were more patient, if I were more understanding. All of these things you start taking on yourself. And yes, it's always a good idea to have a good look at yourself. See what's really going on. That's the best place to start. But don't get stopped there. You now have to look at the river with the fish and the boulders and the kelp or whatever it is that's growing in there. Probably not kelp in the river, right? Um, And you've got to get real about it. So you can't be into self-blame or you'll get stuck. You can be into self-reflection. What part of this is mine and can I do something about it? That's empowering yourself. But if you get into self-blame, where you are hooked into, oh, well, I'm a terrible person, and I'm nobody else would want me. Uh, of course, everything is my fault because I just don't understand how to be a good partner. And you start echoing in your mind what the hijackal has told you about you. Does that sound familiar to you? That now you're starting to talk to yourself the way the hijackal talks to you? You know, um, I've said many times I had hijackal parents and I will find that, you know, maybe I'm a little bit stressed or something and I'm doing something in the kitchen and I'll hear my mother's voice giving me a hard time um, and I've internalized it myself, but I recognize it as my mother's voice and that that can happen, you know, or maybe maybe I'm concerned about something working out well. And I start to think, oh, I shouldn't have even tried it. That's my mother's voice, you know. Don't do that. But I will sometimes in those moments, I recognize them and I correct it right away. But I've done a lot of work to do that and helped a lot of people to do that too. Um, But when I see it, I know what to do about it. And if you need my help, you know I have a one-hour new client introductory offer for only $97 at BeAClient.com. Simple link, BeAClient.com. Because having walked through all these things, experienced all these things, plus having all my training in psychology, I help myself and I can help you. But we get into that self-blame place because it's easiest. Nobody's going to give us any backlash. If we blame a hijackal, you know, everything breaks loose. (laughs) You know, as I say so frequently, don't poke a hijackal. There's no percentage in it. It never goes well for you. But 
then if you turn that on yourself and start blaming yourself where the blame actually belongs over there, even though you can't express it outrightly for fear of rage, you do want to eliminate it from turning into self-blame and self-deprecation because that will keep you stuck. It could put you into a mindset that says, well, I'm this terrible person. No one would ever want me. I better stay here and stay with what I've got. Now, there are lots of reasons for staying. I understand that financial reasons, uh, logistic reasons, children, all kinds of things. Every case is different. There's no one size fits all here. But one thing for sure, none of us need to be engaged in self-blame. Self-reflection, yes. Figure it out. What's my part in it? What happens if I change that or I take responsibility for it? But not self-blame. Because that will bring us right screeching to a halt, and then we will be stuck there. We will be stuck thinking that we kind of deserve this. Nobody, 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 nobody deserves abuse. I know, sometimes you don't even want to say the word, I get it. You know, I didn't want to say that my father had sexually abused me for a long time. I didn't want to say that because I loved my dad. But once I got clear about it, it was abuse. And you have to call it as you seize it. And that's the truth of the matter. Okay, so past casting. Casting our mind back to a better time and believing that that's the reality. It's gaslighting yourself. So I've talked about denial and invalidation and self-blame. So we've got three of the eight things. So number four is distraction. You know, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it and it'll go away. You know, that sort of uh, a thing. I will, I will get very, very busy. I will do everything that I have on my to-do list in 20 minutes. I will go other places. I will be with other people. I will do all kinds of things and that will allow me to distract myself from the fact that I am not living my best life. And I'm not living with the person I fell in love with. The person I fell in love with does not exist. That was an act. And it's sad. And it's real. So very important to notice if you're distracting yourself. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. As long as I'm surviving, that's all that matters. And if you find yourself with self-talk like that, you want to change that. You want to change it because it's the distraction and it's self-blame. Do you know what I'm talking about, this distraction business? You know, you get really involved in something else or really involved with the children, which can be very positive, but if they're a replacement for your relationship, that's not great. So really important to understand if you distract yourself. Yeah, sure, we distract ourselves to get away from the pain sometimes, but we do have to come back and say, all right, I'm going to face this one square on. This is what's actually happening. This is the real deal. This is what is going on. And get very, very clear about that. So distraction number five is procrastination. We know we need to do something about it. We know we need to talk to a specialist in this area, with or without our partner. And again, 
you know, if if you want to talk to me or you want my help, just go to beaclient.com, beaclient.com, we can talk. But we have to be very careful about this procrastination business. Years can go by. And we just keep putting it off. Oh, maybe it'll get better. Some kind of magical thinking. You know, magical thinking. And it, it's not going to get better. You know in your heart of hearts if it was going to get better, it would have gotten better. But it didn't. And now you have to face it. Don't procrastinate any longer. But you will past cast yourself in going into procrastination because, oh, well, you know, I've dealt with it so far. I'm still alive. Okay, well, you know, we're managing. And you placate yourself with some of those things. Managing at what level? Managing at what capacity? Managing at what level of anxiety? This is so hard on your body. Let me just say something about that. If you live with chronic stress and anxiety and you add in some isolation and this continues over time, your body is going to scream at you in all likelihood. Now, of course, some people can eat all the junk in the world, ignore their bodies completely, and it doesn't scream at them. But when you have a lot of anxiety and you have stress and you have isolation, that is a very difficult combination for the body to deal with and so it has ways of breaking down. One of the ways it breaks down is it gets inflammation and you will have things like um, Crohn's disease or you will have uh, inflammatory conditions, fibromyalgia, you know, things like that will show up and they do show up more. In fact, in a somewhat related study, Dr. Gabar Mate in Vancouver in Canada, he did a study of uh, women who had been in chronic stress and isolation. Chronic stress, anxiety, and isolation. And when you put those factors together in a small sample, it was a small sample of people, but when you put those factors together and monitored them all the way through, the women in that mix were nine times more likely to get breast cancer than the average person not living in that condition. So the body screams. And then we deny the body, you know, oh, oh well, you know, that's inconvenient. And the body screams louder. So we have to notice if we're procrastinating, we're putting off our own good, we're putting off dealing with what's real, then we're giving ourselves a message that we don't matter. And when we give ourselves a message that we don't matter, things get worse. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you had that experience? The pile just gets deeper and you get more exhausted from endeavoring to carry it or from the weight of it. So important to notice. So if you're procrastinating, looking at the reality of your relationship, you can be past casting, saying, well, it started out really well, and I'm sure we're going to get up to that. But if we're not, one day I will do it. One day I will do it. But for now, I'm going to stay here and not do anything about it. So there we have five. So number six is that we start second-guessing ourselves. 
how many times do I look in the rearview mirror of, of life and I'm saying, oh, well, I hope it'll get better. I hope it'll be like I remember it. You know, I told a story not too long ago on the podcast about the client whose husband hit her, and then she immediately excused his behavior by saying, but three weeks ago he brought me flowers and told me he loved me. That's the kind of thing that is very confusing to yourself. Three weeks ago he was appeasing you, Today, the real thing is you have a big mark across your face because he hit you with a hairbrush. Sad, but true, actually happened. And then you start past casting. Well, those three weeks ago, he told me that he loved me, so that must still be true. And you'll remember from the other podcast that I asked her, I took her to the mirror and I said, so is this big mark here that you have, is that a love tap then? And then we began to get somewhere in the breakdown of, no, this really happened. We've got to stay in the moment, not cast our mind to the past in happier days. So we start to second-guess ourselves, and we start to say things like, well, is it really so bad? You know, I've put up with it this far. Is it really so bad? And you cast your mind back to happier times and times when there was resolution and really awful times, but then there was that moment of sunshine and flowers, and you keep thinking, okay, those moments, those are the highlights. That's when the lights went on and the birds sang, so you keep remembering that, past casting back to that time. And so you start second-guessing yourself. Is it really that bad? Is it really abusive? Is it me? Is it something that I'm doing? You know? And you start... Getting into that mindset of, oh, I shouldn't leave. It's probably I'm the bad one. Um, maybe I have a problem. Okay, if you think you have a problem, get some help and find out. Because then you want to be empowered. You know, I'm writing this new book called Emerging Empowered, Breaking the Bonds of Emotional Abuse. You want to be empowered. And so frequently I say to people, if there's no sexual or physical abuse then stay until you're empowered with new strategies and new way of thinking about things, a new set of skills to try out and see what you can achieve, a new way of setting boundaries and making them non-negotiable. Leave empowered, and then you will not leave things behind and leave things on the table. So very important. So if you find yourself second-guessing yourself, uh, the question always comes up, you know, people leave, and they, they make this wonderful grand gesture. They leave. They, they feel so relieved. And then slowly the doubts crawl in. Was it me? Was I the narcissist? Was I the hijackal? Was I the difficult one? Should I have been more patient or less nagging or, you know, any myriad of things? And when we get into that state, then we're second-guessing ourselves and to the exclusion of the real deal that's right in front of you, the reality of the day-to-day -day behaviors, the words that are thrown at you, the accusations that come your way, the fault-finding that come your way. When you're clear that you're good and it's coming at you, get some help to sort that out so that you are not erroneously taking on the blame for things that are not yours. You don't deserve to be abused. No one deserves to be abused or misused. 
So don't start second guessing yourself that there's some reason why you should stay in an abusive relationship. There isn't. You deserve to have a non-abusive life. <laughs> Very important. Okay, so we've got six things. Now, number seven is that we will cast our mind back. We'll do that past casting. And we will start making excuses and rationalizations and justifications. Because we really want that person that we fell in love with to be the real person. We really want that to be true, that we didn't make a mistake. We fell in love with this wonderful person. And it was coined to be a wonderful walk out into the sunset for the rest of our lives and be delightful and only get better. And then if you had a few years of honeymoon time, yay. But I have had clients who had a day maybe three days before the cracks started to show in the relationship because the other person felt they could now relax they gotcha you know in my book escaping the hijackle trap which is available on amazon uh as and it is a download so you can get it really quickly escaping the hijackle trap i have a whole chapter in there called the gotcha factor that's they do everything that they can until they feel like they can rush you along and capture you, and then they got you. And they do that by being in a hurry, by saying that you should live together way too early or get married way too early or get pregnant way too early so they can get you, get, get their, their talents into you. So then you will be less likely to leave. And when they start behaving like their real selves, you will be hooked. And that's the gotcha factor. So then you start making excuses and rationalizations and justifications why the hijackal is not behaving how they did when you passed cast and went back to the beginning of the relationship. So it sounds like this, oh, well, they're really having a hard time at work. Oh, it's a difficult time. You know, they're unemployed. Oh, well, I know they have no money. I shouldn't resent giving them money. Um, I have, um, they have stress in their life. They had an unhappy childhood. They're going through things, you know. I mean, a whole litany of phrases. I bet you could add a whole bunch of them um, as to what you have heard about that way of thinking about the rationalizations and the justifications that you've heard in your own head about how you past cast. You tried to go back to the good times and highlight them so you could diminish the light on what is really going on on a day-to-day -day basis. Really important to see that. And so number eight, it's sort of not about past casting, but it is when you cast your mind back and you find number eight is exhaustion. That you're just so tired. You're tired of being put down, tired of being worn down and torn down. And you're just so tired that you... Just allow yourself to say, it can't be that bad. It was great in the beginning. Maybe it's me. And you add all those things, the denial, the invalidation, the self-blame, the distraction, the procrastination, the second-guessing, the making excuses, and then you're exhausted. And you just can't face the prospect of seeing it for what it is and having to do something about it if you'd like it to change. And so you use all seven things and then you get stuck in exhaustion. And that happens too. 
So that's what I mean by past casting. Casting our mind back to a happier time, fixating on it and believing it's true, when right in front of us, it is not going well. We are not being treated with honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability. We are not being honored. We're definitely not feeling loved. And we have to notice those things. Those are important things. They're real. So very important. And, you know, if you ever, ever find yourself needing more information, just go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. That's on my website. You can see all of the episodes or go anywhere that you like to get your podcast. We're on every podcatcher, as they call it, there is. So wherever you like to go, tune in or Stitcher or um, CastBox or any of those places, iTunes, we're on all of those places. SaveYourSanityPodcast.com And you can search, if you go on my website, SaveYourSanityPodcast.com, there's a search bar and you can put in a word and find episodes that are uh, pertinent to what is going on in your life. So that's very important. And if you're on on, um, YouTube, you can certainly search uh, my name and a topic and it will come up. So do that. And while you're over there, there's over 540 videos I've done. Maybe you'll learn a few things that you're looking for there too. So, lots to talk about in this new idea that I came up with just recently uh, to give a name to what we do. Cast our mind backwards to a better time, a happier time, a time that was more loving and encouraging, and I call it past casting. So if you find yourself with that habit of past casting, I hope today was drawn some attention to it, that that's not healthy. We have to stay in the present moment and deal with what is. Let's not be gaslighting ourselves. There's enough gaslighting in the world coming from hijackals. Let's not gaslight ourselves. Very important. So I hope this topic has shed some light, made you think about a few things. And if you have questions, you know, you can always find me. Find me at my Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash hijackals. There's about 900 people over there that you can talk to, and uh, I, I'm over there too, so you can join in facebook.com slash groups slash hijackals. All right, so those are important things. So as you think about these things, take very good care of yourself this week. Treat yourself well. Demonstrate respect for yourself. Demonstrate care and love for the way that you decide to show up in the world and the way that you treat yourself. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.